This episode of Before the Trainwreck podcast is brought to you by the Grondike Soap Company. Guys, I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every single day. Tactical Soap is a handmade natural product made in the United States of America from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not endocrine disrupting chemicals that are going to lower your testosterone. Both the soap and beard oil is infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and that will automatically apply 10% off your order. Consider grabbing one of the trifecta packs to save even more. If you are a bearded man and want a majestic beard like yours truly, the God of War beard oil is hands down the best beard oil product I've ever used. Gentlemen, this is the most manly handmade soap that we know of. Other soaps are going to get you clean. This one will get you dirty. Again, you're going to want to visit coopersoap.com now and place your order. That's Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, soap.com now. And we're live. What is up for the 32nd installment of the Unplugged Alpha series? What is up? This will be a fun one tonight. This is uh, one of my favorite topics to chop up on. And um, got some good stuff for you guys, so. Do me solid, uh, hit the like button just for the algorithms, and I have a link I'm going to just drop because I don't take questions from the other platforms, I just try to focus on YouTube. Uh, so come over to YouTube if you're watching this elsewhere, and I'll just drop the link in the chat. I will drop a Q&A link in about half hour, 40 minutes or so, so you guys can call in and ask questions, or just drop your uh, cues in the super chats. So I've had quite a few people ask me to um, answer questions on entrepreneurship and mindset, mindset, <laughs> mindset around it because everybody wants to make bank and be successful. And the, one of the easiest ways outside, I mean, outside of majoring in STEM and becoming like a surgeon or a lawyer that's able to make a few hundred thousand dollars a year, a million bucks a year, um, or C-suite guy, you know, CEO, CTO, CFO, that sort of stuff. The simplest way to make um, tremendous amounts of value and put a dent in the universe is to become an entrepreneur. So I am putting together a course for you guys. And um, here, the easiest thing for me to do is probably drop the, the ticker below for the uh, email list. So if you get on my email list over here, at that URL. You also get the free chapter um, out of my book, The Unplugged Alpha, on the 20 red flags. Um, or you can just skip it and just get on the email list for notification on when I put out some uh, release date on this. I'm, I'm aiming for end of March, early April. So let's get right into this here. Howdy, howdy. All right. Um, let me minimize this over here. Just organizing some screens. This might actually be the last um, cast I do sitting down. I got a stand-up desk on order, so I'm going to take a stab at that because sitting down ain't good for you. All right, let's talk about the entrepreneur's mindset. I'm going to get through as many of these as I can. And I usually do this for about 30, 40 minutes, and then I switch over to taking questions. But if you like what you're about to get here, you're going to love what's in the course. So let's start with mindset. Um, I think it's incredibly important to talk about the, um, I guess, just like the end point, the goal, uh, the first epoch in the business. 
you know, if I can say. And most people never think about this. They just think I'll start a business. It'll make some money. I'll generate some income. Everything will be great. And life will be, uh, you know, 2.0 version <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but a lot of guys think way too small. And by that, it's reflected in the data. Most businesses, which amount to about 97% when I say most, never pass a $1 million mark in annual sales. I'm going to say that again. Most businesses never get past a million dollars a month in annual sales. So when you hear of things like big corporations like Microsoft, Apple, Tesla, they are anomalies. Okay. Uh, they are definitely the exception for people that start businesses. The vast majority of people that get into business are business for self, and they generally create a job, uh, a, a company that can employ them so they have a job. So you don't have the big advantage. You don't have the big upside. So the first point that I'm making here about mindset is you need to generally think bigger. Most people don't think big enough when it comes to business. You want to try to get into a market that has uh, scalability, that has uh, the opportunity for you to make considerably more than a million dollars a year in sales. Because the amount of work that you're going to do probably to run a, I mean, what, what the go-to is for most people is a brick and mortar shop with a sign on the front with a neon open sign. And, uh, they fulfill some service, right? They make a few hundred thousand dollars a year. They have to pay for rent. They have to pay for uh, like all their overhead utilities and of course salaries. And they end up basically paying themselves a hundred grand a year to become an employee of a company that's doing a few hundred thousand. And it may make a little bit of profit, but you don't have anything that's sellable. You don't have, you generally don't have a book of business that you can sell to another business because that's attractive, right? I mean, one of the things that um, second time round and third time round entrepreneurs, usually generally by the second time round, if they have to shut something down, they go bankrupt or they sell it is they realize you want to book a business. You want something that has some value so that when a buyer comes along, they say, Oh, look, you have, you know, 3,672 customers and they're paying an average of $357 and 12 cents a month. That looks like X valuation, right? And then you walk away with a nice big fat paycheck. Um, so again, Thinking bigger is going to make a significant difference in the outcome and the experience that you have. It's roughly the same amount of work, whether you're going to build a $5 million a year business or a $500,000 a year business. It's just how you're thinking about the scalability and the opportunity later on down the road. So make sure the market's big enough is basically what I'm saying with that first one. Um, let's go. I might skip through some of these because um, they might take a little too long to explain. Let's see here. Okay, let's talk about passion um, as far as mindset goes. Because I've heard a lot of, you know, so-called gurus and experts talk about passion, whether you should follow your passion, don't follow your passion, follow your passion, um, and everything that's built around that. Um, I'm going to tell you that if you don't have passion for what you're doing, it, it's just not going to work out. It just it just never does. Um some people say, well, you know, I can make $700,000 million a year doing this, but I don't have any interest in it whatsoever. Or when you start talking to them, you discover they actually hate what they're doing. And it, it's, it's just a shit place to be because why would you want to get involved? Like, it's like going out with a woman that you're not attracted to. Let's just put it that way, right? She's out of the weight category that you like, or she's too tall or too short, or she just doesn't have the look, if you know what I'm saying. You got to have passion. You got to have that genuine desire that I talk about in chapter three, but not for 
a woman, you're going to have that genuine burning desire for what it is that you're building. You actually have a genuine interest in it. And I break down a lot of reasons why in other parts of this course that I'm building. But the main reason why is if you want a good chance of success, because nine out of 10 times you're going to fail, right? You want a good chance of success. You want to know the industry. You want to have the contacts. You want to know who the, who the competitors are. You don't want to get into something that's completely brand new and green for you. You end up being a greenhorn in an area where there's a lot of experts that are, that are basically going to destroy you. Um, it, it's, it's generally not going to work out. So I would definitely make sure that it's something that you have a genuine interest in, a strong, genuine interest in. You know, you're generally passionate about it. Um, Let's see here. Hey guys, give me the uh, give me the thumbs up and the like, please. I see that we got a good number of guys watching. Get those likes up for me. Um, let's talk about thinking types. I think I've covered this in a video before, but it's it's definitely worth visiting again. Um, there's three types of thinking methods. There's inside of the box, there's outside of the box, and there's not even seeing the box. Most people are programmed to be inside the box thinkers. Show up, punch the clock, do your work, take your 15 minute break, do your work, take your 35 minute lunch, do your work, take your break, punch the clock, go home. Cross your T's, dot your I, kiss your wife when you walk in the door, pet Billy on the head, kiss Sally. You know, you get what I'm talking about. Like most people are cookie cutter inside the box thinkers, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like there's, there's, a vast majority of the population that's always going to be there. Some of them live wonderful lives. Some of them live great lives, right? Some of them live just, you know, they just kind of go with the flow sort of thing. But the point that I'm making is if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, if you want to have an entrepreneur's mindset, you need to think, start leaning into the other two areas of thinking. Okay. Outside of the box. Now we're talking. You're, I don't have any boxes here on my desk anywhere unfortunately but you all know what a box looks like there's stuff inside it and there's stuff outside it and then there's a barrier around it most people spend all the time in the box when you visit the surroundings of the box outside of the box then you see opportunities that the people inside aren't touching now you've now you've graduated to like the top one percent right now you're paying attention to new things you see new opportunities you see ways to develop uh, something build on something you can mash up uh, a few different ideas. One of the uh, great thinkers in this area is a guy by the name of James Altucher. He's written quite a few books. He's active on Twitter. He has a blog. Uh, I've mentioned Choose Yourself, which is one of his books several times. And that spends a lot of time on outside of the box thinking. Um, one of the things he's talked about is mashing up ideas, right? Like entrepreneurs in cars together, boom, you have a little bit of idea sex and you have something new that comes out of that. Channels evolved since then, obviously, since the very beginning, but you get the idea. The third type of thinking, not even seeing the box thinking. This is what um, Steve Jobs was made popular for. You should consider paying attention to things like biographies. Like, just watch them. If you're not a reader, just watch them or get an audiobook and listen to them. But Steve Jobs was known for being a not even seeing the box kind of thinker. If it wasn't for uh, jobs, we all wouldn't be using devices like this. I don't have a BlackBerry kicking around anywhere, but I have a BlackBerry from back in the day with the button keypad. And it was jobs that said, you know what? We don't need that keypad. Let's get rid of it. Let's make it a full screen and we'll give the users a brand new experience. He basically, if, if he didn't come up with that, again, we would all be using keypads still probably. Very, very conventional, pushing buttons on a keypad. All right? Outside of the box thinking is what 
breaks into parabolic bounds. Like when we're talking about putting a little dent in the universe, outside of the box thinking you can do that, you want to put a massive dent in the universe, not even seeing the box, right? Steve Jobs and Apple. I mean, one of the most uh, valuable companies out there today, even, even after he's long gone. So, you know, it speaks volumes for the type of thinking that he had and the culture that he uh, infused into the office space, especially with the C-suite leaders that basically took over after he died, right? Um, solving big problems, kind of talked about that. I'm going to skip over those details. Um, let's talk about making mistakes because entrepreneurs do not ask for permission, generally speaking, okay? They, they attune themselves, they calibrate themselves to ask for forgiveness. There's a big difference between asking for forgiveness and asking for permission. Asking for permission is, yo, may I please do something, okay? Asking for forgiveness is, that didn't work out, now I need to say sorry to uh, a regulator, a supplier, a customer, whatever, right? Um, entrepreneurs ask for forgiveness. They don't ask for permission. There's, of course, times where asking for permission is absolutely necessary. But generally speaking, and you can get guidance from a lawyer on this when, you know, you start to grow a business, asking for permission is a loser's game. You want to find somebody that's going to advise you, uh, a board of directors, a law firm, a uh, accountant that leans more into asking for forgiveness. Even though they do like to cross their T's and dot their I's, those are the most innovative type of professionals that you want on your board advising you so that you get those good results. How are you guys liking the show so far? Give me a thumbs up. Uh, which brings me to the next point. Don't worry about being perfect. Okay, entrepreneurs, good entrepreneurs will launch an imperfect product now rather than wait 12, 14 months to uh, put out a perfect product. I got to get my, my buddy Thomas on playing to win. You guys are not going to know who he is, but you're going to want to watch the episode. But he, uh, he had a nice exit and he was setting up a new business. Like he took a bit of a sabbatical for a year or two. And then he started to set up another business with his, business, with his uh, same business partners again. And what ended up happening was um, they were basically taking too long because they wanted to deliver a perfect product. And, um, you know, he went to his advisors and we all talked to him and it was just like, dude, you have to understand something when it comes to products, especially in the tech space, because it was a text-based product. If you don't launch something and it's a good idea, right? You're going to, you're going to trip across, uh, three like young entrepreneurs with a case of Red Bull and a bunch of boners just going at it hardcore, right? You have to, you have to get out a viable product that's working and you can perfect it later on down the road or, or you can add to it, you know, a minimum viable product that works that might have a couple of small bugs where you're going to do the add-ons with the software updates later on down the road with your other, uh, pieces of technology is totally fine, right? But waiting for too long, you're going to get surpassed by somebody else, especially if it's a good idea, because somebody will come across it, word will get out something. Um, if you can be first to market, especially with something that's new, always a good thing. Uh, what do I got here? Early launching is, uh, sorry, early, early launching an imperfect viable product is better than late launching a perfect one. Um, here's another good mindset point, which... Um, you really, really want to consider. You want to be addicted to winning and be allergic to losing. I don't remember where I heard this. 
but it was fucking profound. <clears throat> a lot of people quit. Um, being an entrepreneur is not easy. It can be, you know, your chances of being successful. I mean, let me put it to you this way. First time around, you're going to fail nine out of 10 times. Second time round, if you have a good experience, you know, you have a good exit or maybe you sell it, or even if you have to wind it down, you know, that's a reasonable exit as well. Second time round, the chances of success are even higher. So as you do it more and more, or as you get more and more involved, the chances of winning go up and you want to be addicted to that win. You want to be able to nurture through it sort of thing, you know, like to kind of get into the next level. And you want to stay away from anything that's going to potentially um, make you adopt a loser's mindset. Um, allergies suck. I don't have too many allergies. I think I might have some dust allergies, you know, at, at worst, which might cause a little bit of uh, sneezing. But I've seen people with bad allergies. They got to stay away from peanuts. They got to, like, some people got to leave the country between early September and late October because of uh, ragweed season in uh, Canada. It's fucking horrible. And some people suffer terribly. Um, you want to stay away from losing. You want to stay away from it basically to the point where you're so allergic to it, you just repel it out of your life. It's not acceptable, if that makes sense. So be addicted to winning, be allergic to losing. Um, I've mentioned this before when people have called in asking for feedback and tips on something that they're working on. What skill do I need to develop, Rich? What is the most important skill when it comes to, you know, running a business, being successful at that sort of thing? Well, it's being a good problem solver. No two ways around it. If, and this kind of goes back to the inside the box, outside the box, not even seeing the box thinking. Um, if you, if like conventional thinking will not open up new doors. There's a picture somewhere, I think, on the Entrepreneurs and Cars Facebook page of a McLaren with the doors up. This was before I got the 720. I think it was a P1, which was introduced around 2013. So it's a very old picture. And um, I think the caption is something like, conventional thinking won't open new doors, right? So that was a, that was kind of like a screensaver for me on my computer for, you know, quite a while. But it's, it's profound, like it makes sense, right? Um, you have to be able to solve serious problems. That's, that's all that you do as the leader of a company, basically, is serious problems come up and then you orchestrate it, right? Sometimes you're dealing with it yourself, but as the company grows and you employ people or you have contractors and you're getting into the seven or eight figures, now you're kind of like the conductor of the orchestra. And it's like you wave a hand and that department goes and does its thing. You wave another hand over here and it goes and does its thing. Right. But you're but you're providing the guidance, right? Like you're leading. So whether you're leading people or you're leading yourself through the path, you have to adopt good problem solving skills. I've always loved to problem solve. I've uh, it's just something that I've always liked. Um, I remember I remember when I was a little kid, I used to buy these plastic World War Two airplane models, Spitfires, Hurricanes, Thunderbolts, Lancasters, Super Fortress, all I built probably about 50 of them. And there was always something that you had to problem solve with building these little things that, you know, that you like, like you were proud of, like you'd hang them from, you know, from your ceiling with dental floss and little thumbtacks and stuff like that. And the finished product will look good. But it was actually quite difficult to put it together to make it look like it's on the box. Pieces didn't fit. You had to file shit off. Things wouldn't open. Um, you know, glue would get in the, like there's all kinds of different things. So you're always 
maneuvering around those things and solving problems. So if you want to adopt problem solving mindsets, or if you've got kids and you want to kind of like um, furnish, uh, you know, an entrepreneur's mindset, teach them to solve problems. Don't give them answers. Um, I would do this a lot with my employees too. Like one of the things that drove me nuts is I would have people um, very early on before I put my foot down and quash this, they'd always be at my door. Hey, Rich, I got this problem. How do I solve it? And I got tired of solving everything for them, especially on the easy problems. So when it comes to easy stuff, fine, no problem. Come, come at me with your problem, but at least bring two potential solutions to that problem. Otherwise, do not come to my office, right? Problem solving skills, you want to you wanna be the master of them, but you also, as your, as your business grows and you have competent, employable people that are able to execute tasks for you, you want them to solve problems. And it's okay if they make mistakes. Like I used to train my staff, like, look, I don't care if you make a mistake. I don't care if it costs, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars Have you lot, have you learned from that mistake? And is it something that's easy to fix? Right? If it's a total train wreck, that's a total different thing. I mean, you burn down the business. That's, <laughs> that's an idiot move, right? So, you know, if you think something's going to burn down the business and you want to come and talk to me first, but problem solving skills are something that you want to master and you want your top people to master. It's, it's your biggest asset, hands down, hands down, no questions asked. If somebody had to say to me, what do you think the most skill is that you have to develop? Problem solving skills. That's it. That's it. There is no number two. Number two is also problem solving skills. <clears throat> uh, the next thing, next point, what are we at? 822. Let's do another 10, 15 minutes. It's a pretty good list. Again, guys, make sure that you get on my email list if you want to get early notification for the course when it comes out. I'm going to, I'm going to pop it out, um, again, end of, end of uh, March, early April. And um, if you're on the list, I'll make sure you guys get early bird pricing, you know, as a thank you for that. Um, what do I want to hit on next? All right, let's talk about how bad you want it. Right. And this this kind of goes back, back to the passion part, because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to be able to deal with this next point that I'm about to bring up, um, because obstacles will fall in your way and you will either find an ex excuse or you will find a solution. You cannot have both. Right. So, again, how bad is it that you want this? Right. Because when these obstacles fall in your way, and you need to find solutions. Strong people will find the solutions. Weaker will have more difficulty finding solutions and they'll have more problems falling in their way. That makes sense. By the way, that's um, one of Ryan Halliday's good books. Uh, it's called The Obstacle is the Way. I'd recommend reading that. I think it's in my recommended reading list. Um, let me talk about being saved because, uh, you know, they always, when I say they, like I'm talking about politicians. They're always going on about entrepreneurs are like the driving force of the economy and how much they love them. And they have all these like blah, blah, blah incentives and stuff like that. The thing that you got to understand is absolutely nobody is going to come and save you. And in fact, just about everybody, including some of the people on your inner circle that 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 will doubt you will want you to fail. Um, they're like crabs in a bucket, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you red pill somebody and they kind of, you know, the, the crab crawls out of the bucket and those losers try to pull them back in. Same sort of thing. Most people don't want you to win. They, they just want, they just want you to be at their level, right? And winning means that they're going to, that, that you're going to leave their level and they're not going to like that. 
Um, let me talk about, you know, being good at stuff. Like there's certain things that I'm not good at. Uh, I'm not good at graphic design. Um, I'm not good at, uh, let me see here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not good at menial, tedious tasks. Uh, you know, I'm not good at a lot of uh, admin stuff that is like, I just want to pay somebody to do it or I want to automate it sort of thing, right? <clears throat> so the thing that you got to focus on too, like as you're, as you're focused on your passion, you're on your purpose and you're, and you're uh, like, you want it bad. Like you're, you're addicted to the win and you're allergic to the lose. Um, you want to get good at at least one thing, like world-class at it. Like nobody can touch you. Absolutely nobody can touch you. Ideally, if you can get better at two or like great at two or three things as well, even better. But you want to be known for and recognized for being absolutely phenomenal at at least one thing in your, in your business, which will be recognized by your peers and competitors as well. If you see what I'm saying, always, always start early. Don't quit. Let's talk about profitability in the mindset, uh, portion of things, because a lot of people run businesses that end up becoming hobbies and they don't recognize that they're hobbies. So if what you're doing is not profitable, meaning it's throwing off profit on a monthly basis, you make hundred thousand, you spend 99,000 or 9,000 doesn't matter, but you, but you're left with a profit at the end of the month. If you're not able to make a business profitable within 36 months, max sooner, the better. Okay. Um, when I started up TDF, we were profitable month two. Okay. The sooner, the better, the sooner that you can prove that you have a model that generates recurring revenue, ideally is my preference. And I talk about all those models, which is going to be in the course. But if you're not profitable within three years, you just have a hobby. It is not a business. Um, it, is, it is probably not worth your while running that. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you expose yourself to risks. Um, somebody wants to sue you as an employee, they probably can't. If they want to sue the business, then you as the employer are generally fucked. You have to answer that. So why would you expose yourself to certain risks? That, that's just one of many, by the way. Why would you expose yourself to unnecessary risks for something that's essentially a hobby because you like to do it? I see a lot of people that do this. They have, you know, you'd see them out there boasting on social media. You see them doing it on dating apps. I'm an entrepreneur, right? And they have something that makes, you know, $7,000 a month, but they're spending, you know, $7,000 a month. Like, what's the point? You don't have a business. You have something that you're passionate about, but it just happens to be a hobby. So if you're doing that for 37 months straight, it's time to uh, beat that one with a stick and bury it six feet under. Um, yeah, let's talk about deliverables as well, because that's a big mindset thing most people don't understand. Uh, under promise over deliver. So never stop thinking about how to delight your customers. Always, always make sure that they get value that's in excess of, I'm going to say three to five times what they pay. So let's say they pay you $1,000 for service. 
make sure they get three to five thousand dollars worth of value from the service that they're paying for minimum okay and you ideally want to under promise and over deliver we found um in my debt business this was one of the best ways to create what is actually called raving fans there's a book out there uh i think his name is ken blanchard if i'm not mistaken but the book's called raving fans there's another one with a similar title called the thousand true fans and the reality of it is, is some of your best new customers and your referrals will come from existing graduated or completed customers. So if you can tell them, this is the result that you can expect, I don't know, Toyota Corolla, but you deliver a McLaren, that's good. That's what you want to do. You never want to stop thinking about ways about how to delight your customers. There's a lot of great material out there from some great thinkers in you know, the entrepreneur space. Uh, I recommend listening to I Love Mar Marketing podcast. I don't know if they still do it or not, but hopefully it's, it's still archived out there somewhere. And they were talking about this many times. Dan Kennedy's talked about this. Um, strategic Coach covers stuff like this. Pretty much everybody that's had an exit or had a lot of success in a, in a business understands that you wanna under promise and over deliver on the back end. We're going to do a good job for you. You end up doing a phenomenal job for you. Okay. You always want to delight your customer. I spent a lot of time around um, Zappos. I went down there two, I think minimum two, maybe three times. Um, met with their management team, Tony Shea, you know, went to his place. We talked about all of these concepts. There's a lot of other companies that I visited as well. Um, that are that are big in like the company culture and and big deliverables on the back end. But I'm going to get into more on this on you know the course and some of the training that we're going to do afterwards. But it's very very important. Don't deliver a piece of shit product. You're 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 basically a piece of shit delivering a piece of shit product. Your reputation is all that you have. And even if you do a phenomenal job, guys, I'm still going to tell you right now, you do an excellent job, you're still going to get haters. You always will get haters. You'll never get away from that shit. Right? But remember, hate always comes from beneath. Nobody ever gets jealous of a loser. Um, let's cover uh, business and industry. You, you absolutely positively need to continue to always uh, be curious about your business and your industry and learn. Okay, um, Pay attention to your competitors. I would, I would ask myself, how would I kick my own ass in this industry, right? If you're in, I don't know, electric cars, electric airplanes, let's say one of these new burgeoning industries, right? Like, how would I kick my ass? How would I kick my own ass in this industry? And then take a look around at what your competitors could potentially do and see if there's opportunities there for you. It's always good to have guys to run ideas up with stuff like this. This is why it's real important once you get some traction. You want to get involved in some kind of a business forum, entrepreneurs org, some sort of um, chapter where you can collab with other guys as well. It's just it's just a great experience. Um, let's see here. What else do I want to cover? I got another let's say another five or ten minutes here. Actually, let me grab the join link so you guys can start to ask some questions here. Ooh, I got too many windows open. Let's pull that over. All right. 
So I'm just typing in here in the live chat and YouTube join in for the live Q&A. It's a StreamYard link. Let's post that and we will pin it to the top. Well, thank you very much. All right, let me finish up here. Um, let's talk about this one over here. Um, so again, so this kind of ties into the thinking methods people use with inside of the box and outside of the box. So just because they, I'm going to do that in quotation marks, they have always done things a certain way, it doesn't always mean that it should continue. There's a lot of people that will tell you that there's a lot, not a lot of new ideas out there when it comes to business. There's just refinements to existing ideas or there's updates or there's mashups of like two different um, ideas that kind of have idea sex and something new comes out of it. Um, but I mean, we wouldn't have Tesla if Elon Musk didn't say, fuck it, I'm not gonna build internal combustion engine cars. I'm gonna build an entire company that just does electric cars, right? Um, one of the richest guys in the world today. And had he not thought outside of the box, potentially some would argue not even seeing the box. I mean, dude definitely didn't see the box when he cooked up the idea, let's build a car company, a rocket company, and a solar power company, solar panel power company. Is that the right way to describe it? Solar city, I don't know. You get the idea. Just because something's always been done a certain way doesn't mean that it should always be, always continue that way. So again, that ties into your thinking models, right? Uh, make something people want, not what you think they want. Walls, you're going to have to keep running through them. Walls will be in your way and you have to punch right through them. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if I wasn't punching through walls when I was running, well, I mean, I still run a business today. It's just on a different level. It's a company one. But in the industry that I was in prior, uh, if I didn't run through walls, I would have not gotten to where I got. Absolutely not. The company's still running today, almost almost 20 years on. Most businesses never even last that long. Not even close. Um, so start start with something, you know. Know how to punch your way out of a wet paper bag because you will have to run through some brick walls. There's a few other things here, but I'm going to leave that for now. Let's just minimize that. We've got a few guys in the waiting area. Okay, um, let me just switch this over here. I'm going to get to you guys in the Q&A in a second. Uh, the links there pinned in the top for those of you guys that want to ask the questions but i have another announcement so again if you guys want to get on the email list it's right there if you guys are listening to the podcast after the fact is entrepreneursandcars.com forward slash red dash flags let me remove that banner that ticker and i'm going to introduce you to a new project that i'm working on I hooked up with a couple of guys from my private community and they've produced a nice little facial scrub product called Chad's. I don't know if that'll focus on it. There you go. Chad's face scrub. Okay. It's um, all natural ingredients. The reason why I decided to work with these guys is because um, it's an all natural product and most of the shit that you find on Amazon or other... Um, men's toiletry shelves is chock full of endocrine disruptors. Um, let me pull up this episode here because I feel like it doesn't get enough views and it's one of the 
most valuable videos I have on my channel. Um, I'm just going to pull it up. Anthony J. Okay, it's this one over here. Share screen. So this episode over here with Dr. Anthony J, he wrote a book called Estrogeneration, and it's about how estrogenics make you fat, sick, and infertile. Um, it's a great book. You can read the book or you can watch an hour-long podcast I did with him. If you guys are live right now, I'm going to drop it in the um, chat. If uh, you're not live, just search for Estrogeneration Dr. Anthony J if you're listening to the podcast. Um, again, the reason why I've shared that with you is because most facial shit is crap. This one doesn't have any endocrine disruptors, and it's actually reasonably priced too. They uh, managed to source the products from the U.S. It's on sale for $19.99 on Amazon. So just go to getchads.com. Use coupon code getchads10 on the order. You get 10% off your order. Um, again, it's like $19.99. It's a great formula. I've been using it for the last few months. Check that out. Do, do, do. Let me see what we got here for some questions. Yeah, Moff's been using this as well. I know he got a uh, advanced copy. It's good stuff. Let's see what we got here. Cross, crossing the chasm is great. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't come across that book. I'm actually going to include some recommended reads. One of the things that I would tell you guys as well is um, when it comes to consuming um, like content like book-wise from entrepreneurs, definitely take a look at biographies. And I would take a look at the biographies of entrepreneurs that you um, have a lot of respect for, right? Um, there's some big names out there. Go for what you like. I mean, the first one that really like lit a fire under my ass was Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity. Um, I remember my dad always talking about him when I was a kid and how he was always a darling of British media. So that was the first one that I came across, and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's, that's a pretty wild life and some crazy shit that went down there. Um, yeah, it's definitely not boring. <clears throat> Let me take that ticker off. Again, so go to getchads.com, coupon getchads10. You can check that out. It's pretty sweet stuff. All right. And what do we got here in the chat comments? Tupperware sale sacrifice. Somebody had a question about, uh, is it better to provide a service or a product? Good question. So let's deal with that. <clears throat> I wanted to hit on that. The answer to that is it depends. Personally, a service is far easier to deliver. And you're not going to have issues. Like this stuff probably won't break in the mail because it's a plastic tube. Um, these bottles, they could break in the mail, you know? So you have, you can have issues with physical products. They don't get delivered. They get delivered to the wrong address. They get delivered with the wrong amount in the, the bottle. There's all, there's any number of things that you're going to have to contend with that you'll never deal with a service or an information product, right? So when I sell this course, it's going to be information. Um, there's nothing to ship. It's delivered uh, electronically. Billing is electronically. Uh, if there's an issue with anything, it's easy to fix online. Push a couple buttons, we're done. 
something like this, you have to move it in the mail. You have to pay shipping charges. You've got tariffs and duties in some cases. Um, there's any number of you know, supply chain issues, right? Like what happens if ingredients are not available for uh, production, then you can't get it out. I mean, part of the reason, you know, a lot of guys have messaged me about, you know, wh when is the alpha T back in stock? Because that's, that's a testosterone booster. That's the most uh, popular product in the, um, the lineup. The answer to that, by the way, is it is in stock right now. The website just has to get updated. We moved the fulfillment center. And by the way, you can order this stuff now around the world. There's, it, it, it delivers to almost all countries. If it doesn't deliver to your country, if you go to the, the unpluggedalpha.com and, and it shows that it's not available, it's because your custom system sucks over there. So we just stay out of it to keep things simple. You're going to have to source uh, locally. But um, yeah, you get to the point. So service or product, my preference is always service, but I am involved in obviously physical products. I'm, I'm partnering with the Chads guys for getchads.com for the facial scrub. Okay. So I, I have some experience with both. My preference is always going to be service. So service or information will be uh, a lot easier for you to administer. Let me get my headphones so I can take some of these call-ins over here. Man, it's getting hot in here. Ugh, the fuzzy sweater is getting hot. All right, there we go. And we're on. Who do we got here? All right. In the private chat, guys, let me know what it is that you want to talk about. And we'll sort through these over here. Do, 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 do. Dave's got a question about being in business, producing organic foods. An organization that has an annual award competition. We've received awards the past three years. It doesn't equate to some publicity, but I have no idea what that's worth. Meanwhile, the organization is becoming increasingly woke. I uh, wonder if I shut up. Okay. David. All right. What do you got for me, buddy? Can't hear you. And now I can't see you. Okay. Guys, if you're going to come on, make sure you have audio working. <laughs> Uh, going through divorce, spinning plates. All right, we have a plate question from Andrew. From Andrew in the tank top. All right, what's up, Andrew? Hey, what's up? How you doing, Rich? Good. So you're going uh, through a divorce. Man, I'm going through a divorce, and um, I heard you on Andrew Clavin, and uh, like literally at the perfect timing. Um, hold on, let me close this door real quick. I'm actually surprised that I that I got you over from Andrew Clavin. His audience seems like super Tradcon. I wasn't sure a lot of people like that talk. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I heard you randomly on there and uh, the stuff that you were saying really connected with me at that time because my, my, uh, my girl told me, she said um, a month after <clears throat> we get married, she tells me, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And um, basically um, going through a divorce, um, spinning plates, read your book, listened to your book on audible a couple times, got mm -hmm. into uh Rolo's book and, uh, all that stuff's been really helping me a lot. Mm -hmm. But like now that I'm doing that, like there's this, there's this chick at work, I guess she's been into me. And, um, like the sex is 10 times, a hundred times better than with my, you know, my ex-wife, because she's got that <laughs> genuine burning desire. She's like 20 years old. I'm 35. Yeah, girlfriends and, are always um, better than wives. Yeah. but um. Okay, so you got one-itis for her, right? 
I don't have one-itis for her yet, but mm, I find myself like wanting to hang out with her. And I have other plates, but they're just not as hot. And I like my attention is more towards this girl. So yeah. I don't want the same shit to happen again. And are you are you divorced? Like, is the ink on the paper? Are you done? No, um, I'm not. I'm not completely done yet. I literally, I just have to. We did like a no uh, contest divorce. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't have any kids or anything, though, right? No, I have. A, I have a daughter from a previous relationship. Yeah, but um, she. Why did we don't she have get? Why did she get married to you and then say that she's not in love with you after thirty days? Dude, we've been together for two years. Um, spent twenty thousand dollars on a wedding. Uh, you know, I, I still have $116 left on my, on the engagement ring, paying it off over 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally I, I, I boggled my mind. Like we just bought this, this, this house, um, six months ago, beautiful house in, um, you know, nice area. And after like three weeks after we get back from the honeymoon, she tells me, um, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Kind of got into a weird conversation. She tells me that. Come to find out, I put a, I put a, um, I looked at her phone record because we have the same phone plan. Mm -hmm. She's talking to this neighbor guy, and um, put a tracker on her car. Caught her going to his house when she says she's going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So like, so she started, you know. Getting By the way, that else. that was that was going on before you guys got married. Yes, for sure. It's not likely though that that just popped up after you guys said I do and came back from the honeymoon. Anyway, okay, yeah. so so back to like not catching the feels for a twenty-year-old thought, basically yeah. is what we're talking about. Yeah, basically. Okay, well let's well, let's start with that. I mean, let's stop putting her up on a pedestal and oh, she's so pretty and smells so nice and the sex is the best ever, right? Yeah. Like let's let's just you know admit that you're thirty-five and she's a twenty-year-old thought, right? And you're going yeah. through divorce, you're not married. So why would you want to catch like feels for you know something like that? Like why would you expose yourself to some new risk? Yeah, I know that's not a good idea at all. Yeah. So <laughs> so there's that. There's also that you don't have any other options, right? Because I mean, you said that she's a plate and that you're seeing some other girls, but the other girls are not worthy of any mention, right? Right. So you need to move past the ones that you're not attracted to, just drop them. Right. Okay. Like, you don't want to keep, you know moons in orbit around you if they're not anything that you're interested in right okay. so let them go and you know get on with you know checking out what else is out there so that you can make time in your schedule for some new women that are potentially as attractive or even more attractive than the one that you're about to catch the feels for those you know, would be I, the main things i think you're well i know you're 100 right um it's like it's like because I've been like cooped up in this relationship and, um, you know, i like, I never cheated on her or anything. Like, you know, she was pretty hot too, <clears throat> but, um, this is like, a girl from work too. You said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does she work this, under you? Does she work in a different apartment? Uh, no. Well, uh, originally we worked in the same department and then, um, we both kind of got promotions. And so she was in a different part mm -hmm. and then, um, and then she ended up getting a really good promotion. You know what's so crazy? All the shit that you talk about in the book um, and Rolo, um, like when a woman starts to make when, – when a woman starts going to the gym and when she uh, gets a raise or a promotion at work, um, then it's more likely that she's going to leave. She started making like double as double the amount of money I made. She made – well, I made 105000 last year. She Wait, are you talking about your ex-wife or are you talking yeah, about – Yeah, the ex-wife. Oh, you're talking about the ex-wife now. Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, – this like on a side note, like uh, yeah. all that. It's crazy how every single thing in the book is like exactly accurate, well, which is why I continue to watch your videos and, and read. 
I'm, but I'm glad I was able to help you out, and you and I and you found me off the Andrew Clavin show, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, the part because um, and I, this is also on a side note, the part that you said when um, you know your intro when you talked about um, you were driving in your truck mm-hmm. and the thought went into your head of just like taking your seatbelt off. That exact thought went through my head, and I connected with that right away and just thought like, man, you know what? this is really helping me out a lot. So I really appreciate what you do. Do me a favor then. If you, if you got that much value out of the book, leave a written review on Amazon and let other guys know, you know, what you learned from it. I will do that. I hear you say that all the time and I haven't done it. I will do that. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. That, cause that, cause that helps me out and it helps other guys understand that there's some value in the book. Cause there's always trolls and nerds that are like, this is misogynistic. Yeah. All right. So, so there's your answer to that. You know, just, just spin Spin, more plates, spin harder plates. Yeah. And just get rid of the ones that are holding you back, you know, anchors and sales, right. You know, so, so if they're anchors, you're not interested, cut the anchors loose and let go of them and, uh, you know, throw up some new sales and see what you can find. Question. Just one last question. Do you just ghost them? I wouldn't ghost them. I'd just say, Hey, yeah. Well, it depends. Like, is it a week or two ghost them? Right. I mean, if you've been Uh dating them for like a, a few months, just say, Hey, you know what? I just don't really dig your vibe, so there's no point in wasting each other's time. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Simple. I appreciate you taking taking my uh, my my answer or my All question. Right. All right, Andrew. Thanks, man. All right, man. See you, bro. All right. Let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, oh, hang on. I saw a super chat there. Let me deal with that. Uh, hey, Rich. Shake here. I'm burning my brains out, struggling to know what the first steps are I should take to get into entrepreneurship. Any suggestions on where I should do my homework first? I really despise working for someone else. Dude, I uh, just I will post on the Zenforo when the um, uh, course is available. I'm going to give you guys in the community uh, a discount, so don't worry about it. Um, you know, You guys will get the early access for sure. Um, that's very, it's, it's a very long conversation. I mean, it's, it's, it's hours of course material, so I can't explain everything in just one super chat, but thank you for that. Um, like the discussion about what happens. It's Tedge. Where's Tedge? Tedge has a question. I'd like to have a discussion about what happens a bit later than 35 ish. Like when a woman has older kids, she's 40 plus kids are out of the house. Clearly her baby clock isn't ticking. What's the motivation? All right. What's the scoop, brother? What do you got for me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit more volume? Because I can't really hear you. Real... Can you just uh, try that? Better? Yeah, that's better. There you go. All right. So what do you got for me on this? When you're asking about so, yeah, dating so an older lady? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not um, stuck on any dating at the moment. And I'm old. You're... Your audio is not sounding so hot on my end. I don't know if you're popping on the mic or what's happening, but it's breaking up. Let me uh, see if I can pop this over. It sounded good there for a second. Is that better? Yeah, okay. So try that. So go ahead now. That's her. Okay. So I'm not stuck in any one woman or anything like that. In fact, I'm, you know, dating sporadically. Um, mm. I'm 58 uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm definitely red pill. I've been for a long time followed read most of your stuff read your book you know rollo's book get the business i've been an entrepreneur for 30 years i'm a business coach got all that stuff ready to go i'm just trying to figure out you know what do you do when in this i can understand if i was 35 i'd be able to spin plates the way you're suggesting Mm -hmm. but how do you spin plates when you're 
when you're not 40, you're 58. And I don't really want to date a 23 year old. I have nothing in common with them. Okay. You know, so, so, so what age range do you like? Well, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, what's, what's out there is, um, going to be, I run into a lot of women that are in their forties or early fifties. Their kids are, they've just got their kids in college. They're kind of empty nesters. I'm trying to figure their motivation because it seems like an awful lot of them are kind of like they want to live with their cats. Okay. <laughs> then I don't want to date you. What you <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you're getting women that don't really like guys and they want to live with their cats. Whatever. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of it, right? I mean, you know, and so you yeah. got to, you got to kind of figure, well, if you're 50 and you're single, there's some reason for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so then there's a discussion like, okay, so I understand the avatars you, that in your, in all the materials that are out there for red pill. It's like, you know, obviously young women are one way and yeah. So 30 they get a different way. What happens after that? What do we do next? Right? Yeah. So what are you looking for? You're looking for a girlfriend. Is that what you're after? Well, I mean, no, I'd like to spin plates, but I don't want to okay. spin plates just to do it. I want to have a few that are we're spinning yeah so i mean who cares if she's got a cat if you're spinning her as a plate no, 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 i get that I, yeah I, I get, yeah right no i'm just saying because because i mean like the way you're describing it is you've is you're coming across women that just want to deal with cats but that leads me to believe that you're looking for a girlfriend like you're looking more you know right. for more than a chick that just wants to live with a cat like what are you looking for you know if you can be clear right. yeah i mean you know and, and generally like where where do you go find plates to spin that don't look like Jabba the Hutt? And uh, <laughs> you know, where do you, where do you live in the U.S.? Denver. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, um, you know, you know what I mean. If, They're just like you're kind of like, oh god. The reason so, why you're divorced because you're 80 pounds over. I get why you're why you're not. You know. Yeah, there's there's a bit of a disconnect between older women and like what they what their actual value is perceived by men versus what they think their value is internally. Um, And that chasm can can be quite large. That's why you'll see on a lot of dating apps, you'll see what looks like an attractive woman and then you meet her in person. You're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, that's just something going on in their head Um, and it can get exhausting. And uh, of course, the younger you date, the less you're going to have to deal with that. But then you run into the problem that you experience where you have nothing in common with a 23-year-old. So fine. I got it. Um, you just kind of have to get out. Like, I mean, like one of the things that you might want to consider, too, is if like the quality of women in your city suck, you have to move cities. Right? Yeah. I, can't, I, I have a seven-year-old, and I've got, I'm a little tied to that kind of thing. right? This okay. Moment, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like you're stuck where you're at. So, yeah. now you just have to surrender to the fact that the inventory is not very good. You're basically going to the grocery store, and the produce is out, and, and much of it is rotting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you're going so to have to dig through a lot more dirt, dirt to find gold. Obviously, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the difference, I guess, I guess the question is, is there a different... Um, using the motivations that are coming up in the other avatars, you know, the young, the young avatar and then the baby mama wannabe avatar in their thirties. Mm. Clearly there's a strategy you can use like, Oh, I see where they're coming from. And you can kind of play with that kind of trying to figure out for myself or maybe discuss with someone. Cause you're closer to my age than, than younger. Um, what's, what do you see the avatar for the, what are they thinking? What's their motivation? Like how would we, how would we put them into a little, kind of a box and go oh and you I can't don't know you that. can't now you, now you can't put them all in boxes i mean you have these women that are like like i mean you have women that are 39 that haven't had kids yep that that desperately want to have kids i mean like i've i've even seen them as old as like in their 40s saying that i want to have children now sort of thing it's like you're fucking crazy right yeah um, and i'm done with that too i got three kids already yeah. yeah and then you've got women that are you know 39 that have 
four kids and don't want any more kids. Right. And that, uh, they have grandkids even. even. Yeah. And, <laughs> and of some of those women, some of them are very well off because they took half of you know a wealthy man's shit and she doesn't want to share it with anybody. Right. Or some of them are quite poor and they're going to require, you know, a beta male provider. So like there's no one box that you can put them all in, right? Like there's all these different categories that sort of come up and you just have yep. to understand it's a numbers game. Like get out there, make some cold approaches, you know, download the dating app, swipe a little bit, have a few dates. If she's keen and you're attracted to her, then have a second date and see where it goes sort of thing. And it's like, that's yeah. how you kind of go about spinning the plates. It's like, you know, it's like panning for gold, right? You scoop out something from the river, you shake it around. There's nothing in that. Fuck it. Get rid of that. Scoop out yeah. another one. Da -da -da. Oh, look, there's a little nugget there. Let me set that aside. Maybe we can polish that off and turn it into something, right? And you keep, you know, you keep kind of going at it, right? Like it's just work. Um, moving to, to like moving to better cities that have, uh, a higher quality, you know, demographic of women being younger, stronger, you know, more wealthy obviously helps, you know, for guys, um, our, our SMV peaks in our late thirties, maybe early forties. If some guys can push it off, you and I are definitely on the decline, right? So it's like, you know, you kind of have to play with what you got and do the best with what you can and just be clear about your boundaries. Like if you want nothing to do with raising another man's kids, cool. So you're not going to, uh, get deeply involved with a single mom. Um, you don't want to deal with a lady with 17 cats. All right. You recognize that you go yeah. out on a few dates, maybe you have some fun. Maybe you don't, you just drop her, right? You know, you don't deal with that anymore. So it's like, you just kind of have to go through the motions. Yeah. I've been there, done that. I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is there's a more efficient method or something that's out there that I'm not thinking of, um, just to spin, to find more plates to spin. I Where guess. are you sourcing them? Mostly dating apps? Um, dating apps yeah, a little bit, but, um, but I'm a musician too. So I meet some people there. Okay. Um, but even then, you know, and, and he actually been in some pretty good touring bands and stuff too. So that's not the current moment, but, um, so I get, I get how the idea of like, put yourself where the available women are. I get, are you, a, are you a business coach or are you a musician or are you both? Both. Yeah. Uh, my business coach is my, my normal gig job, you know, my normal day job. Um, okay. I owned an HVAC company for 30 years. I sold it. And I had a non-compete. So now okay. I coach in that industry because okay. most of the guys in that industry is terrible at the business side of their stuff. So, okay. You have a strong net worth. Um, it's okay. Okay. It's so not, not awful. Okay. So I'm assuming that you're, you know, pretty much set. So that's the other thing too, is, you know, you have to see your value for what it truly is. Right. Yep. And make sure that you only introduce women into your life that you're going to date or, or on a closer basis. Yeah, uh, I get I get all those parts. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how I'm, you know, if it's a marketing funnel, I'm trying to figure out how you fill the top of the funnel, not the bottom. You know, filling <laughs> filling the top of the funnel. There's a um, there's a podcast in the last two months that's uh, I think it's titled the Seven Spokes. Let me just dig it up here. Let me just, sorry. Let me get the title for you. Okay. Because um, that'll because that'll break down exactly what you need to do to max yourself out. Um. Yeah, I didn't mean to get off topic, but I've been thinking about this for a couple of days and I thought I would ask you. So. Okay, so this one I had to re-upload because I had to cut out a small section of the video because of YouTube uh, copyright issues. So the thumbnail does not look common, but here, I'll drop it in the private chat for you here and okay. I'll put it in the live chat for you guys watching right now in case you want to watch it. But this is this is essentially all that you need to do to max out your SMV. Uh Sorry, and when I say SMV, that just means your sexual market value. Uh, max out your 
SMV. So th this is what you have to understand. Like you can't be boring. Like one of the things that I find with a lot of older guys teach is it, is it Tej or is it Tej? Tej. Tej. Okay. So it's actually Ted, but I was the edge in a YouTube tribute for a long time. So, Oh, cool. Um, so, so I mean like one of the things that you got to get your head around, which most older guys don't understand, and you probably don't have this problem because you're a musician, right? But yeah. they're, but they lead quite boring lives. And if you want to attract like beautiful women that are interesting, that are going to be interested in, in like, you know, participating in your life and adding some value to it, like you have to be exciting. You have yeah. to be compelling. Right. And that's one of the areas that a lot, a lot of guys just kind of like forget about or they give up on. So I don't know how you signal that, but it's real important with women because a lot of these chicks, like they've been through a lot of guys or they've been married for a long time. And one of the biggest complaints that married women have is what he was boring. You know, he was lame. He was a beta. He was stupid. He was dumb, like whatever. So you can't resemble any of those things, right? Like you have to resemble excitement. And how you signal that is up to you. You can have a very interesting Instagram following. You could have, um, I don't know, uh, like clips of you performing as the edge, you know, in, in yep. a YouTube tri tribute plan. Got all that. It's out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like link to that, right? And, you know, you can talk about those things. Well, what do you do for, for uh, fun, Ted? Well, you know, I've played in a YouTube tri tribute band here. Check this out. You can link her a, a video to your, you know, your little edge thing, right? No, I, yeah, I get it. And I mean, I'm just kind of looking at um, there's a certain amount of I think there's a certain amount of baggage that as the women get older, that they they verbalize things like been there, done that, not making this mistake again. And they're mm -hmm. they're a lot jaded about picking up, you know, going on dates with anyone. Almost there's a certain amount of that. Who cares? Um, let them. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, just let them. Let them have their cats. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a matter. It's a matter of God. I'm like, geez, are you are you serious? You're on a dating app and you don't want to date anybody. It's kind of frustrating. You're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get less of that, and you're gonna get more attractive women the younger you go. But then you're also gonna have more of a disconnect with them, right? So now, I will say figure out where that goes. I will for you. say that on the upside, if you're dating a 25, a 30 year old, and in when she's 45, you wonder if she's gonna gain 100 pounds. If she's already 45, you figured that out if she's going to or not. <laughs> so, so there's a good there's a good side to it if you find someone who's a little older and they're still in shape you're like okay they're probably not going to get out of shape we're good in that all right let's leave it on that note thanks yeah. man all right all right see, see you have a good night uh charles what's up brother hey rich uh always great to see the show we ain't talking about women uh you might want to give folks an intro on cap table shareholder agreements vesting schedule when folks join in and found a startup company yeah um that's that's like level two sort of stuff like the course is essentially setting the mindset and the frame um we don't need to talk about shareholders agreements just yet that's that's something that we can get into on the uh zoom calls that i'll also include as part of the course uh, but excellent points of course because they cannot be ignored as you grow um let's see what we got here in the chat from you guys our Hey, Rich, currently pursuing a degree to work with corporate world, but I've always had the desire to get an entrepreneurial world. Would like to expand. All right. You're up, buddy. How's it going, Rich? Good. So you're a corporate guy and you want to start your own business. Yeah, exactly. So basically, in the last three years, I've been pursuing a degree in maths, uh, actuarial science. So mm -hmm. I'll be working in the insurance industry. Um quite a lot of money in there but the thing is it's it's really not my passion or desire mm -hmm. um and i'm doing that first to just uh, please my parents because they're immigrants you want to please your parents yeah it's this is not something that you want to do no i do love it 
but it's it's uh i don't think i'll be doing that for the rest of my life so how old are you 23. okay so so what's the question you got for us right now um how likely can i be successful if i do go into entrepreneurship like 30 or 40 plus years at 30 or 40 yeah i would say start as young as possible yeah you could make a whole bunch of mistakes in your 20s and still get back up dust yourself off and be just fine and you could be a multimillionaire by the time you're 40. Um, you have less runway if you're 40. It's not to say you can't do it. Ray Kroc did McDonald's um, well into his autumn years of his life. Um, same thing with Colonel Sanders, right? So people have done it often and been very successful at it. But uh, the younger you are, in my opinion, the better it is because you can, you know, you can screw up, fall down, get back up, take your lesson and go. The, the thing about what you're doing, because you said that you have a degree in mass and you're going to be working in the insurance industry and make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You haven't actually been hired yet, right? Like you're finishing school? No, I haven't quite finished because I'm kind of working part, like part-time and doing school part-time to be able to okay. pay my studies. So, so I mean, at, at 23, if you have no experience in entrepreneurship, you don't have a business idea, you've got nothing going on, it's just you like the idea, like is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. So get into the corporate world, you know, do your thing. And what I would start doing is uh, just get a notepad, like, you know, like a a spiral notepad something like this nothing yeah. nothing too big keep it handy with you and as you come across ideas um business meetings zoom calls conferences you know you're meeting people you're doing all of this stuff look for problems like chinks in the armor right like there's like there's a opportunity there and then see if you can apply a solution to that that you have some experience with Okay. okay. That's, that's basically how I created my debt business, right? Like I knew that creditors wanted their money and I knew that debtors had to pay. And there was only this limited, um, sequence of options that were available to people and they weren't all great to be honest with you. They mo mostly sucked. Why isn't this camera focusing? There we go. You know, they mostly sucked. So I brought to market something that would help people settle their debt, save way more money. And they'd basically be done with a better credit rating. So that's basically how I started up Canada's most successful debt settlement company. Like it was, it was definitely number one in its category and its heyday when I was running it. Um, so that's a great way to start a business is to look around in an, in an industry that you're a expert at and see what they do wrong. Because most of these companies, like even if they, even if they wanted to adopt a business idea, like if you had an idea to solve XYZ sort of thing, they're so slow to move. They're so slow to move. Like they have to, they have all these people and layers and bullshit that they have to do. You could literally quit and have a company up and running before, like months before they would have an, a product that they could bring to market. Right. So that's, so that's one way to do it. Like there's any number of ways to, to enter this space and employ yourself and do very, very well at it. I assume that's what you did, right? Like you started off that's, in the that's corporate what I'm world. You, okay. yeah. you want to make a billion dollars, solve a problem for a billion people and charge them $1 each, right? Like there's any number of ways that you could do it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds fair, man. Appreciate All right. It. Thanks, buddy. Peace. See ya. All right. Get those likes up, guys. We got... Uh, Close to 600 people watching, 363 likes. Do me a solid and get the likes up. It just helps me out with the algorithms, all right? 
Um, let's go to the private chat here and see what we've got. David, did you get your mic working? Can you give me a thumbs up if you did? Okay, let's try David again. Hey, Rich. There you go. So All you're right. in organic foods. Right, I, I'm a producer of an organic food product. Okay. And I've uh, been at it for a few years. It's still uh, struggling, but but gaining traction and, and I'm having fun with it. Uh, so as I mentioned in the chat, I'm a member of, a, of an organization that has an annual food award. Mm. And uh, I've, I've won an award the last three years. It's, it's pretty cool. There's actually some big, big names in the food industry mm -hmm. that, are, that are associated with this. But, you know, in joining, uh, signing up last year, it was, uh, you know, a check, series of checkbox. Are you, are you a woman? Are you black? Are you, you know, all the... <laughs> Uh, everything except are you a white male, right? right and, yeah. and, and like, you know, what is this? I, I'm only successful because I'm a white male kind of thing. And yeah. then, you know, they had you sign something saying you have a an equity and inclusion plan okay. for your employees. I, I don't even have any employees, so I just kind of bypass that. But it's just getting okay. increasingly more offensive to me. And so, I, so what's know, the return in? What's the ROI on this award when you get it? Like, what I, do you I really get out of it? I, I really have no idea other than some bragging rights, and I can put it. I, I put the the you put a little banner on your website on, and on the label, you know. Yeah. So you know, there's 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 some recognition there, and it's kind of cool. But I've got is no way a, of gauging if that is it a is it a recognizable like um like branding that you can put on your label? Like, do organic shoppers look for it? Mm, it's somewhat, I mean, it's kind of obscure, but there there's, you know, I, I have gotten some, some, some customers out of it, some stores that, that call mm -hmm. me up and say, Hey, I see you're on a award. Okay, so it winner. has some value. It does have some value. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I went through this process of, um, applying for and getting awards for years. Like I, I, <laughs> I came across this one the other day, right? Uh, Ernest and Young Entrepreneur of the Year nomination presented to blah, 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 right? So, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I, we got awards for um, company culture, for hyper growth, for blah, like, all, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, like, the ones that had the best return on investment for me were the ones that uh, tied into company culture, right? Like, okay. the one that I got for hyper growth, um, so this is... Monday, January 10th, 2009. This is the front page of the business section of the Toronto Star. Okay, that's me down there with the hair. Okay. I don't know what this guy over here paid for this ad for the 12.5% mortgage rate, but he probably paid $20,000 for that. I got all of this shit here for free. I got a lot of business off this. Okay, yeah. So getting, so getting public recognition and awards um, is, is valuable. Um, I got called to uh, interview for Till Death Do Us Part, the TV show, because of that. I don't know if you know that show with Gail Vass Oxley, but she was like a big financial name here in Canada, kind of like Susie Orman. Okay. So I got so I got lots of exposure for that. So if the ROI is there and there's a payoff for it, I would keep doing it. Like just nod and yeah, you know, I'm 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 woke too, right? And you know, <laughs> you get your seal, you put it on the packaging, and everything's tickety boo. But if there's no ROI on it, like why would you want to bow? you know, bow down to the woke mob. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the sticking point there, I guess. 
So yeah. do do I, mean, I like, do it? You know, I mean, would you would you bite? You know, it it's just like when I when I signed up this past year, I, I was just getting I was getting kind of ticked off when I as I was doing it. Like, you know, this is just offensive, and I and <laughs> I, it, you know, but yeah. So it yeah. sounds like the value is sort of like you know wearing off, right? I mean, at some point, like I stopped doing the culture awards when I didn't need to hire any new employees. But it was valuable when I got the culture words because then I could say, hey, you know, World Blue gave us a, uh, a uh, crystal thing over here for being one of the uh, best companies to work for in uh, Canada. Um, and that would help us attract, you know, quality staff, right? Like it, like it had an impact. But when I needed to stop hiring, like I didn't, I didn't need to keep, you know, applying for that award. Right, right. Cool. Well, yeah. hey, I Makes appreciate sense. your input. Yeah. All right. Does. Good luck, man. All right. See ya. Thank- that's cool. I'm I'm glad we got some uh, guys on here that are in business, uh, running a business, looking to run a business. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, Chris, Amy, Chris, I can see you. Put your thumbs up if you want to come on. If you got a business question, yeah. All right, here I'll bring you on first because I know that you're. Can yeah, you got me. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Good, brother. So, what do you got for me today? Hey, uh, been in business 10 years and started small and grown. Mm. Just wondering, um, you get those highs and the lows in business. Uh, everybody gets it right. And just trying to, it's that um, getting ahead, if you will, when you're going through the lows, like when you just feel like alone in the fight. Do you ever experience that? And how do you, how do you handle it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, well, I've, uh, I think I, I think I talked about it in my book and, you know, the introduction where I had one of those, like the worst days of my life and I closed the door in of my office and dropped the blinds and I just put my face on my hands and I started bawling like a little bitch. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's, you know, th- there's a, um, I think Darren Hardy wrote a, a book called The Entrepreneur's Roller Coaster Ride. Um, it's, it's tiny font. Don't fucking get the print book, just get the audio book. Nope. <laughs> um, but I would definitely take a look at that. But yeah, that's, that's life as an entrepreneur, you know, like one oh, day yeah. you're on top of the world, you're getting a shitload of awards. And then like the next day you have to structure a lobbyist group because uh, credit card companies are introducing legislation that's basically designed to put you out of business. And you're like, fuck, what do I do now? Right. And it's Jagmeet Singh, right? <laughs> yeah. And Jagmeet Singh was there along for the ride that that uh, that's all I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so that that's just part and parcel of it. I mean, that's why you get the big bucks, right? Like that's why you get to say I'm an entrepreneur. That's why you get to roll up in, you know, whatever it is that you're driving sort of thing. Right. You're in welding, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Welding, structural steel, miscellaneous metals. So, I mean, like what, what do the down days look like for you? <sighs> just clients when you have, you know, minimum quarter million dollars on the line that they owe you and you're going, excuse me and uh, having to deal with just clients uh <laughs> you know what i mean like and the employees are fine so clients just, aren't paying on time yeah like it's all of my business is in construction and it's just dealing with contractors that don't know how to pay on time and they they'll is drag it, it out it, for 100 is days it, is it perhaps better to move into government contracts because they're more reliable with payment I actually have done that. We're doing wastewater treatment plants right now. And is that a better gig? Schools. Yep, by far. By far. All right. So now you know where you should be spending your marketing and, you know, sales time. 
Yep. Right. And um, yep. what about the uh, payment terms? Like, what are the payment terms, generally speaking, for gigs when you do them? Is it 45 days, 30 days, 15? Uh, I like to keep it 30. I try to do a monthly draw yeah. on the jobs. Um, it depends on the job, though. A lot of people will, if you're lucky, it's 60 days, but they'll take 100. I've had 200 days. Do you have any, any customers that are in collections now? Uh, no, no, but I do have some liens out on jobs. Okay. So you've had to go get a, a, a judgment to place a lien on something, equipment, bank account, receivables, right? Yep. Yeah. That's a pain in the ass. Um, it is. So when you're running a business, like I'll, like I'll share this example with you. So there was a time in my, uh, debt business where I was basically dealing with the same sort of problem, right? Like I would, I would do work. And I would be due something like $15,000, you know, for the work. And um, the guy would either delay paying or I even had one guy that wouldn't pay, right? And it's like, wow, I really put myself in a bad position there. Like I worked straight for, you know, it could have been a month, could have been six weeks, something like that. Oh, and yeah. delivered, got awesome results. Everything's signed, sealed, and delivered. And this guy won't pay me. So... I just had to restructure the way that I was um, running the business. And one of the things I did was I built a subscription model so that people had to pay small amounts monthly instead of at the end. And yeah. that solved that problem completely for me. Because even if they wanted to bounce at the end or like, no, I'm not going to pay you or I'm not going to give you your last payment. It's like, cool, I got 97% of the payments from you. Whatever. Like, I'm not going to lose cool. sleep over that. So. Yeah. I would take a look around at your industry, see what your competitors are doing. And if you recognize that there's like a genre of client that you have had bad experiences with in the past, um, you're going to have to tell them like, you know, we got to do, um, you know, draws. We got to do an advanced term. I got to pay for at least my equipment, um, you know, before I start the gig. And if they don't like that, it's like, all right, well, we're not doing the job then. So find somebody else. Kick, kick rocks. Yeah. Kick rocks. You know, like yeah. it's like. You see a single mom with four kids from four different fathers, <laughs> broke as hell. It says slaughterhouse <laughs> on her forehead, but you still march into it anyway, right? <laughs> you know me from the past, brother. <laughs> right, well, that, well, that's what I'm talking about with business, right? Like oh, you have no, to, exactly. you know, like approach these things from an intelligent pr perspective oh, and say, okay, 100%. I've like, I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. I'm not dealing with you unless you meet these terms. Yep. Oh, good right? call. Good call. And um, it's always good to have a support network of uh, guys. Um, I don't know if there's um, like Entrepreneur's Org, like I wouldn't recommend it to you because it's more like high tech stuff. Um, it's more service based business. It's like like five, ten million dollars, you know, tends to be the sweet spot for that. I don't know if there's like a trade organization for trade guys that are in welding where you can kind of like learn from each other or collab on, on stuff but that's where you tend to get that sort of stuff like does anything like that exist for you uh no i just um i network with some of the the older guys uh, who have been in the industry for you know most of them are retired now we just get together and yeah swap notes and it, yeah, it yeah, helps yeah. yeah but uh yeah um yeah you want to take advantage of that as much as possible too and you know just um you know where to find me yep appreciate it brother you're in the group now thanks buddy Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, that's always something that comes up, right? You've got these, these customers and you're like, why is this person making my life a nightmare? And it's like, okay, 
first time, fair enough. Somebody somebody dupes you once, but if they dupe you twice, three times, that's on you, right? So you got to get good at spotting those potential problems and then avoiding them. Jaron Zahn says, any tips for overcoming a limiting mindset that leads to not charging enough for marketing clients? I often find it underpriced myself and end up kicking myself afterwards. Yeah. Do not compete on price. So there's a book by, uh, let me see here. I think it's, I think it's called Competitive Advantage. Uh, and the author's name, I believe, is Jane E. Smith. Sorry, Jane L. Smith. So the book's called Creating Competitive Advantage, and the author is Jane L. Smith. Um, I don't think that's totally relevant to what you're asking, Jaron, because all you have to do is say, okay, well, um, this is what I charge, and that's my rate. And if they don't like it, you kick rocks sort of thing. If you're undercharging and you've recognized that you're undercharging, then increase your rate. Um, my business coach has been telling me to increase my coaching rate for years. And people still balk, right? But people always pay and they have a great experience. You look at the reviews of my Clarity Profile, they're all five-star. There's over 500 calls in there. I kick ass, man. I know how to get people results. Um, so that's why I always tell you guys, it's like, you know, you have to under-promise, over-deliver. You want to never, never stop looking for ways to delight your customer, right? So let me put it to you this way. So one of the first things that I say to people, Jaron, when they're booking my time because it's 50 bucks a minute on that platform. Pretty much always right off the bat, I say, hey man, nice to talk to you. Head up, system bills by the minute. We can go as long or as short as you need to. It, it stops billing when we're done. Cool. They just, they just essentially respect that I'm valuing their time, right? And that's part of the reasons why I get a great review at the end of each call. Um, so you just have to figure out what your value is and then charge for it. And by the way, if I tell you to charge more, <laughs> then do it. Like, like follow my instructions, right? Um, especially if you're very, very good at, again, you know, you want to deliver three to five times what somebody's um, paying you. So if you charge $1,000 for something, you want to make sure they get three to $5,000 worth of value. So for example, like if somebody books my time for 45 minutes because they're about to go through a divorce and they want to plan that entire divorce to make sure they don't lose the farm. If they've got a net worth of a million dollars and they pay me $2,000 to talk to me for 45 minutes and I save them a significant portion of the net worth or I speed up the divorce process for them, um, I don't know, by six or seven months, that's worth its weight in gold, right? So, you know, figure out what your value is and then make sure you charge for whatever your value happens to be. Uh, Sean says, what's your email if we want to contact you? It's on the about page of the YouTube channel. Um, so let's see here what we got in private chat. 924. Oh man, this night flew. All right, let's do one more. Who wants to be the next one? Noah. Noah, Noah. Let's do Noah. <laughs> Noah's got a business. What is this, a business partner? Uh, yeah, I'm just dealing with a difficult business partner right now. Okay, so what's going on? <sighs> okay, so... Basically, it's a painting business, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've gotten 75% of all leads. Okay. Um, and uh, our first client was uh, actually like family of mine. Mm -hmm. And we did a great job. And like, to preface this, like I put a lot of emphasis on like 
how you put yourself forward because that reflects you as a brand, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, my partner, who happens to be my roommate, um, he would come to the job site, like not showered, not dressed properly. And then uh, the conversations that he would have with me reflected really poorly. Like he would be swearing in the house or, um, you know, undermining my intelligence in front of customers. Um, and I figured like I would be better off going by myself because I actually just quoted a job for a big oil company here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just don't think it's good for us to go on anymore. So I was wondering how you would um, kind of go about that, like cutting off ties because it kind of feels like a divorce or something, you know? This guy's your roommate still? Yeah. All right. Well, it's not going to end well, probably. But yeah, you just have to tell them. It's like, you know, you have to lift up your skirt, grab your balls and just say, look, man, it's not working out. Um, I'm just going to go on this on my own. And um, that's it. Um, You didn't see a lot of people make the mistake of hiring their best friend. And I made this mistake, too. Twice. Mm -hmm. I made I made this mistake twice. Best friend of like 20 years, which ended up in a lawsuit. I'd assume into the Stone Age because he's a prick. And then the other guy tried to fuck me over for like 20 grand just to uh, impress somebody. You know, I can put it that way. Uh, So, you know, bringing somebody on board as a partner with you because they're a friend is generally not a good idea Mm -hmm. unless they bring some like strong skill in an area that you're deficient. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing is that like he's been doing it for like six years and I've just started because I'm a young guy. Mm-hmm. But like I'm really going out there and like getting all the leads and making connections and stuff. So and like even today he's like, oh, you're going to mess up our job because you quoted them too high. And I'm like, no, man, like so he's already trying to like play the blame game with me. So it's just kind of difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, like you can hire somebody for you know, whatever the going wages and it's going to cost you less than paying this guy probably, especially yeah. if he's got ownership in the business. So just get rid of him. Is It's just like, dude, it's not working out. I'm going to go out on my own and that's it. And, um, you know, you guys may not be friends. You may not be roommates after this, but you got to be firm on this shit. I mean, it's the same thing like dealing with women, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got a nightmare woman in your life, get rid of her. Yeah. This guy's a nightmare. Like, why would you invite him into your business? Like, why would you want to keep working with him? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your input. All right, man. Thanks. All right, take it. Easy. All right, all right, all right. Let's um, let's start to wind down. Actually, let's wind this down. All right, let's um. So let me throw the tickers down over here. Um, the unplugged alpha store has been restocked. Uh, let me just check real quick to see if alpha T's in because that's the one everybody asks, asks about. Shipping is available now worldwide, practically everywhere, with the exception of some countries, like I mentioned earlier, just because they're they have anal customs issues. Um, so if you so if you go to the um, the site below here, and you can't check out for obscure country that you're in, uh, can't help you. But yeah, if it if it checks out, then you can order. Um, everything's restocked, including the Alpha T. It still shows as sold out here on my screen. It's a testosterone booster. That's one of the more more popular ones on the list. But I know there's stock because I just filled an order last week and I know it's on the shelf. So that'll probably be updated in the next day or so. Um, but yeah, 
as it's as it's uh, named as the podcast goes, the Unplugged Alpha supplement line, the book. Make sure you check out the literature if you've read it and you've loved it. You've got some value out of it. Please do leave a uh, testimonial or sorry, a review on Amazon. It just helps me out a ton. And of course, I got a shout out to uh, Scott Tactical Soap Company, Grandike Soap. They've been a great supporter of the content for years. Again, uh, like the Chad's facial scrub, this stuff is uh, free of all fat phthalates, parabens, all that crap that Dr. Anthony J talks about that uh, basically mimics estrogen in the male body. So they've got handmade soaps, uh, beard oils, pheromone sticks. Um, there's three different lines and scents. It's all great stuff. I've been using this stuff for years. So check that out over here. You use coupon code uh, Cooper. You get 10% off at checkout. Um, a few other housekeeping things. Um, Moff, are you guys on stereo? Yeah, okay. So Moff's doing the companion show to this, the after show. So if you download the stereo app um, on your Android or Apple device, just search for Moff and he'll be live with Jaron. He'll be taking some questions. Um, he usually does, you know, it's kind of like a podcast, so you don't have to show your face on it. Um, so check that out. But... Uh, Check that out, and this week I have a plane to win. I have to. I, I haven't created the event yet, so um, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and I wanted to talk to a more uh, trad Connie kind of guy. And um, Ryan Mitchler, I reached out to him on Instagram, and um, I knew of his stuff like years ago. I remember there was an old old video that he did where he's like, uh, "My wife's leaving me. I'm not seeing the kids. My life's upside down." Blah blah blah. Now he has a podcast uh, that's basically trending on the uh, podcast uh, playlist. So it's definitely a plane to win story. So I want to dive into it with uh, him. And I got him on on Thursday at noon. Got a bunch of other really cool videos that I've recorded in the car in the past couple of weeks too. So those will be out as well. Give the video a thumbs up. Leave a comment below for the algorithms. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Check out all the uh, sponsor links that I mentioned. They will be pinned in the top comment. 